Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning, Caller. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm um I'm probably at 70%. Mm. I cannot clear my chest. My chest oh, no. I definitely think I had COVID, which, you know, fine, whatever it's I you know, I stayed at home for a, a period of time. I didn't test, but I just wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Um and but I can't clear it off my off my lungs. So oh. it's like day ten or eleven today and I'm still mm. hacking up, hacking, 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 and I'm struggling to breathe. It's actually quite nasty. Like I'm super yeah. fit, you know what you know I am, but actually once I start getting into a coughing fit, it feels quite intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <sighs> when I had it back in September it was the same. It just took a little a little longer to yeah. shift than like a normal cold would. It does go um, though, doesn't it? Of course it does. Does. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. You'll be absolutely fine. Are Don't you okay? Worry. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I say I'm good. <laughs> um, it's Monday and we're recording this. And um, I had a phone call from the school to come and get Axel, which is really annoying because anyone, you know, who works for themselves or doesn't have like that typical kind of Monday to Friday, I nine know. to five job, it, you kind of plan your week and like the things you can do around like so much. So then when one child gets, you get the call and you're going to have to have them home, it throws like everything out, doesn't it? So get the call from a headmistress, not going to lie, did want to ignore it because we were recording at the time. So it actually pinged up on my computer. It says head teacher. Oh and I was like, oh, I really want to ignore this because I pretty much know what it's going to be. Yeah. And so here I am with a child at home till Wednesday. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Give me some better news. Yeah. I have got some better news, actually. Um, now, I think it's fair to say that we show the good, the bad and the ugly on this podcast. And we obviously, did. I've been very vocal about my lows with Kit recently that he you know his transition into school was quite tough for him and I probably didn't give that enough airtime before he started he you know he went to a school where none of his mates went they all went off you know from his preschool they all went off to another primary school and he was basically acting a bit like Sylvester Stallone in Rocky and every day that I went there they were like kids hit someone again I'm like oh god (laughs) anyway flash forward a few months he got bloody star of the week on Friday because he was on the rainbow every day 
Oh, that's so, so good. Oh, so proud of him. Star of the week. I burst into tears. I was like, oh God, I feel really emotional. Oh God. But um, but you know, he's he he's definitely been like using his force and not really knowing what to do with his strength and stuff. And apparently his teacher was like, We have been watching him. He's been so brilliant every single day, using kind hands, listening, clearing up, doing all that stuff. So I'm chuffed to bits for him. Then he goes to rugby on Sunday, he gets a bloody trophy, star player. So oh Kit, God. Kit is smashing it this Kit week. Kit smashed life last week. I know. Oh. I'm chuffed. Yeah, you know. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really appreciate this moment because in a couple of days' time, you know, there'll probably be a bloody lip at school. So let's no, just no. Listen, we'll take the I wins. think it's important. I was gonna say, I think it's yeah. really important to take the wins. Yeah. Absolutely, and there's like, you know, we love it. We, it's, it's, do you know, what? it's so, it's so nice to hear that because I think when mm. you're going through a difficult time, especially mm. with school, I think when you feel like really. There feels a lot of pressure for them to be really good at yeah. school and all of that kind of stuff. And so then when it da- when you're not getting that feedback straight off, it, it, it's worrying. But it just shows you that it just turns around and they do Yay. get it and they do get over these things. Um, I've got, actually got Gigi at the moment. She's she's Mary in the nativity, which is Stop brilliant, it. right? But she doesn't want to be Mary. So she's like, I don't want to be Mary. I hate Mary. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh gosh. Really, like it's intense. She really hates it. And they said when they practice the nativity, she basically screams like, no, no, no. But I said to the nursery, I was like, listen, I I really don't think she wants to be Mary. Like, you know, can we maybe maybe can she no, just, make her a can, sheep or something yeah can she do something else they said oh i'm sure she'll come round." no <laughs> maybe she could play mary um you know having some sort of issues Ma- yeah, like, she could you know, i mean the real mary she could maybe play that's the real what mary. she's doing she's showing what it's really like to have a newborn baby <laughs> that's what she's doing she's In gonna a be stable crying with no hot she's water. Gonna, what we would be doing if we gave birth in a stable <laughs> No hot water and no pain relief. She's going to be no. screaming and crying and having a big tantrum. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So well, we'll, I'd we'll love to come to that nativity that. performance. Yeah. Please film it for Can't us. Wait, anyone yeah. want to come? Send me a note. I'll get you a ticket. It's going to be a great show. Yes. Well, listen. Um, back to the real world where we had the most incredible conversation with today's guests uh, a few days ago, and um, what I loved most about this conversation was um our guests honesty around this subject that actually I don't feel like we've had a conversation about what happens to your relationship when a newborn comes along for a really long time so I was really invested in this chat were you yeah me absolutely and also like still how so much of that kind of still comes up in life now you know everyday life we're you know six years on from having our first and still those little things in your relationship like the resentment can can come back in and just just all of those things. I yeah. think yeah, it's really it it was a really great chat, and I think one that everyone will be able to relate to in some way. Yeah, hundred percent. And stick around for the whole conversation because we covered so many topics, um, <laughs> lots of chat about sex as well. So for those with a wicked mind like myself. You'll enjoy it. Georgia, who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to Steph Douglas. You may know her on Instagram as Steph Don't Buy Her Flowers. Uh, Welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast. Um, Off mic, we have already said the words sex, armchair, washing machine, (laughs) horny. Can we guess who said washing machine? (laughs) 
I really have got a strong feeling that this conversation is going to be one that you're definitely going to want to stick around for. Um, today's guest, the founder and CEO of Thoughtful Gifting Company, Don't Buy Her Flowers. Uh, she founded the company back in 2014. She's a mum to three amazing little ones. It is Steph Douglas. Welcome Yay. to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. How are you today, first off? Uh, all right. Three kids have gone to school today, so that's good. No one's ill for today. No, that's great. One's got a rugby match later, so big build up to that. Yeah, well, I think we're all. I think we're okay. <laughs> does your Does your mood change day to day, or are you quite consistent with your your attitude to life? I am much better at being cheerful with everyone except my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, just that I can have energy for everyone else, but then I think by the time like when he gets home from work or if he's here, I just don't have that much left. And that's not always ideal, is it? But also the kids, like there's three of them. One's just started secondary school. One's just started primary school. And then there's one in the middle. And it's just quite a lot. So yeah. I'm, yeah. it depends what else is going on. And I can't be at work going like, oh my God, I'm so tired of this. So I have to bring it there. Yeah. How does he respond to your um, to your lack of energy? I mean, how, how do you guys kind of navigate through that? Because if you're doing it consistently, I know that my husband's just, he's constantly sort of saying like, come on, I've seen you like laughing at everyone's jokes, being yes. the centre of attention. And then you're just like, you're just grunting at me. Yeah. It's the the dregs when all you give them is the dregs. Um, no, he's all right. Like, he works hard as well. So I think we're both just... I think we've had a really busy couple of months and I know like obviously we're leading into mm. Christmas. So it's only going to get worse, but it just means that you get to the evening and you put something on the telly and just sit there going, and without able to, I can't bring much conversation yeah. by that point. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's fair enough. Completely. We understand that, don't we, George? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's loads of stuff we want to chat to you today about, but we read an article that you were a part of um, for the mail. And I guess maybe we could start you've got three children talking about how, like how your relationship changed when you became a mum and sort of where you are now. Before you answer that, I just wanted to read an extract because if anybody listening that hasn't, um, hasn't read this, you absolutely have to do it. I think it only came out about a week last ago, week. was it? Yeah, yeah, last, yeah week. last week. So just one of my favourite bits was, um, feeling hot, I was not. I imagine my day had consisted of breastfeeding, feeding some more, negotiating with an almost two-year-old whilst feeling guilty that the new baby had robbed me and him of time together. Doug, meanwhile, stroked the arms of the chair suggestively, raised an eyebrow bravely and naively, suggesting we might use it for something other than sitting on. <laughs> You have to admire him, really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the I was not expecting. I I fell in love. We met and fell in love really quickly. Doug was playing rugby in Italy, so the first year we were together, I was going back and forth to Italy. It was really romantic, head over heels. He was this amazing guy, and then and that was lovely for a couple of years, and we got married quite quickly, and then we had kids, and I just had completely missed any conversation about how hard that was and how much that changed your relationship. And I I was angry. I was so full of rage. Not that first, the first couple of weeks, you're kind of in a bit of a bubble, but quite quickly, I just felt really resentful. I felt like I was stuck at home and he was living a life where he still got to go to work and got to get dressed and go and see people and have that train journey, which I really wanted to sit and read a paper. It just was 
such a shift from these two people who had fallen madly in love and had all the time in the world and could have sex whenever you wanted to kind of going, oh God, don't touch me. I'm so tired. And just feeling, I think you just feel very isolated and not yourself and all the things that gave you your passion and excitement and all the stuff that is attractive had had gone for a while, like it comes back. But that was how that felt. And so that those early years of small kids, and I had two quite quickly, the first two, yeah, it was massive. We were just like, we're just surviving. We've just got to survive and kind of get through this, mm. which it mm. could sound a bit depressing, but I think in hindsight, I've learned a lot more about what I could have done to have made that, or what we could have done to have made that smoother than mm. it was. But yeah, that rage. Yeah, I don't think people prepare you for that part. You know, like you, you kind of maybe prepare a bit for birth. You might know how to feed a baby. You might know, you know, how many nappies you need and what you need in the nursery. But no one really prepares you for how your relationship's going to change. And I don't actually think there is much you can do until you're in it mm. um, because you don't know how you're going to feel and, and, you know, how it's going to affect you. But I think the whole thing about resentment that maybe one partner's one person in the relationship's life doesn't change as much as the other one mm. um and I think that can if you leave it brewing can be oh. like devastating to a relationship um and I guess it's it's being prepared for it but it's also talking about it um and knowing that it's really normal <laughs> yeah and and that's what and I I think the more I started to talk to girlfriends about it and you'd get some who would go oh no my partner's amazing and he's just such a wonderful dad and this is the best it's ever been and you're like mm. okay well I probably won't talk to you much more but I found girlfriends yeah. who were going through the same stuff that we would sit and we'd you'd start by going god he's a twat I'm so cross and all this stuff and then we'd end up laughing about it because you'd kind of go oh and I did like put his shoe in the bin because I was so cross or just like the kind of slightly random cross things you do and that really helped because then you'd laugh together and go oh maybe I've been a bit unreasonable or maybe we could have a better conversation about this but I think knowing other people are doing going through the same is vital at that point. Yeah. Mm. I do find it quite amazing how we as a society don't encourage more of those conversations in our relationship. You know, there's there's that, like you said, with your girlfriends, there's that almost fear of being brutally honest about how we're feeling because everything mm. you see in the media and things that your mum might have told you or your aunt or your cousin or your best mate, oh, it's blissful. And, you know, you're just in this bubble and you've just got to lap it up. And that's great. Mm. That's mm. great. But no one really explains to you, like Georgia said, really what happens to the relationship. If you're not communicating or you don't feel like you've got the space to communicate, all that resentment, God, it, it, like George said, it, it can be really, really, really damaging. I know, I know for my relationship, I was getting more and more angry and more and more pissed off. And I was, I was really resenting him for even just going to training. I was like, how do you get to go to training and go and sit and call him afterwards and go, where, what, like, where are you? And he'd be like, I'm just having a coffee with the lads. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. that, like, you can't sit and have a coffee. Of course he, of course he could have done, but I wasn't having a coffee with the lads. I was just mm -hmm. waiting for Georgia to text me back. Um, <laughs> she was on the next door road. Yeah. I was sitting there by the phone. No, I just, yeah, I, 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 I really do understand what you're saying. And I think uh, like the longer it goes on, the harder it is to recover from it. You don't want, no one wants to feel like a nag. I think no one wants to be that person so I can remember quite regularly it'd be like midday and I'd text Doug going like oh I can't wait to see you later maybe we could have some time together maybe we could whatever but by 
six o'clock, seven o'clock when he came in the door, or he goes out for a beer and comes home slightly later, or the train's delayed, whatever. I, I would just be this raging bull and he'd walk in the door and be like, oh, okay. So it wasn't easy for him either, but we just didn't know how to communicate because we hadn't had to before that. We hadn't had to really think about it. We didn't have any of those issues when it was just me and him. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he's a really good guy. And I wanted it to work, but it just felt really hard sometimes. Mm. What happened to your sex life during those um, those months, years after after having the first and second quite quite close together? I think whenever we did it, and this is something that I know all my girlfriends say, when you did it, you go, "Oh, this is good. We should do this more often. That was great." <laughs> it's like because it's just, but it's finding the time and having the like the energy and and feeling actually like you want to have sex. I think. I mentioned Dr. Karen Gurney. So she's the sex doctor on Instagram and she does loads of stuff about um, desire in long-term relationships. And she basically says it's really normal for women to to not feel turned on. You almost have to be start doing it to feel turned on. Mm. But if you're feeling really knackered, you're mm. feeling like you're taking on the majority of everything that's going on in the house, you're probably not feeling amazing in your body. And every time your partner looks at you, you're like, well, he, he wants a blowjob or he wants to have sex you're not going to get to that place. So again, I think that's a massive communication gap that we're just not prepared for. Yeah. Do you know what's so interesting? Because I think I had this conversation with James maybe a couple of weeks ago and he was like, you never, like, I think he was like, you never cuddle me in bed. And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, you just cuddle me like in the kitchen or like, you know, somewhere else. And I'm like, yeah, because so often if I cuddle you in bed, I think I'm giving you the green light for more. And actually like nine times out of 10, that's not what I want. I actually just want to cuddle. So yeah. I was, it was actually stopping me mm. from being affectionate with him because I was thinking, fuck, if I cuddle him, it's just going to, oh, I just can't, I can't be asked with that. <laughs> yeah. And so then I'm actually being less affectionate with him. Uh, and then he, you know, and then on his part as well, he's thinking, oh, every, she just bats me away every time I want yeah, to just have a cuddle with her. Which isn't yeah. nice. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it is, it's so, it is interesting. That's the practice in therapy that I was talking to you guys uh, before we started the podcast. And it's called the physical non-sexual touch. And mm-hmm. um, we're going through it. We're, we're, we're in therapy. I've spoken about it before on the podcast. And it's just brilliant that hour every single week for us. And I think certain men are brought up in a society where they only know, they can, they only, it's, it's sex or anger. Mm-hmm. And they don't don't really know anything else in, in between that this is you know a large majority of men not everybody obviously um so it's really interesting myself and Doz are going through this now where actually like you said George you should be allowed and feel comfortable and should want to have the space to cuddle up with James and have that real intimate moment with him without him thinking without you thinking well any second I'm you know I'm gonna feel something in my back it's yes. like <laughs> no thanks I'll let you know when I want that uh, but it would just be really nice to have a lovely cuddle yeah. and so every time it comes up for Dozer now every time we start kissing and every time we're cuddling I just go just so you know I would just really love a cuddle at this point and he's like I really like a cuddle too and then I know it's just going to be cuddling and that is making me feel amazing at the moment mm. well yeah. the other thing that the um that Dr Karen Gurney talks about was that when that people when you're feeling overwhelmed and when the mental load is distorted as in women taking on more than their partner um that also there's a correlation with how much sex you have as in you will have less sex so there's a reason for them to step up that's interesting yeah yeah yeah. so there's research that backs that up 
Because you're tired and overwhelmed, so of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and also your mind is on other things. Yeah. So like, you know, there's not, there's, there's, surely there's only much so much space in your mind, right? Mm. And so when, when all this other stuff comes up, you know, especially at this time of year, we've spoken about it in the mm. podcast numerous times, but as we approach like Christmas and all that kind of stuff, I'm not sure why it does, but so much of that all lands on the female if there is one mm. in the relationship. Um, and... It, it can it can just feel overwhelming and like you're just like you know just trying to get by but but also I think at the end of the day which is what you said so eloquently in, the, in this Daily Mail article is that you know you've been at home all day feeding two little ones you're exhausted you haven't managed to brush your teeth you've got greasy hair in a bun you're in you know saggy tracksuit running bottoms um, but you haven't been doing any running in them um, <laughs> and it's just it's literally the last thing that you ever would want to do so so how do you articulate that with your husband and what happens in, in those moments with him? And, and, and I guess like anybody listening that's kind of going through that, how do they navigate that? So I think I said in the article that one of the sexiest things that Doug could do is probably to just spontaneously start emptying the dishwasher, putting the bins out. It's anything, anything that is off, off that list. Because I think that, that meant, I know you guys talked about it in the Overwhelm episode, but that that invisible labour, that mental list, that school stuff, the WhatsApp groups, the bake sale, the signing up to Panto, like all that stuff is so much. And I think like where you said, Georgia, about, we, I'm not sure why, but it all seems to fall to women. I think it's just historical. It's what, mm. it's not even how we're meant, what we're meant to do and how we're wired. It's because in society, it used to be that very few women worked. I mean, we couldn't vote. Like you know, like going back some time, yeah. we we didn't have those roles. But in the last sort of 30, 40 years, so many of us have taken on a role. It might not be full-time work, but we're doing something. We're working mm. in some capacity. But the and that's shifted massively. So loads more women women working. But the number of men who are then doing more at home hasn't proportionately shifted. So what we're actually doing is just more. And that's why we're all miserable. And that and and that from like a more serious point of view, that probably is the ending of lots of relationships because mm, yeah. women get to a point where they just go, I can't do this anymore. And if the if the bloke doesn't respond to that to go, okay, what can I do to help? And I will share this with you. It, you you can't make it work, and I can see how that can happen because we we've balanced this better in the last few years by really trying to understand it. But prior to that, I just felt really cross all the time because I was yeah. like, "Why am I doing everything?" and I couldn't un explain it. Yeah, do you know what? This is like the most common conversation among my mm. friends who have got mm. children. Like even yesterday, I was with a friend and she was saying. Oh, I spoke to my husband about this now. We're trying to work out if maybe he can do two pickups a week. And it's weird because a year ago, we were just really cross about yeah, it. Yeah. And it has probably taken us both a year to get to the, the point where our husbands are like, okay, how can I help? Mm. <laughs> like, okay, I get it now. I don't like you being really cross all the time. I don't like this. This isn't working. I, I'm starting to understand. But it, it, it hasn't just been, listen, I really need your help. And they get it straight away. It's mm -hmm. been a process, like and a really long one. But are your friends cross because um, they don't want to do it all the time? Or is it stopping them working? Like, is, it, is there just the imbalance there? Because obviously with the job that I do, you know, if I'm on drive, they're just, I'm just not there. Dozer has mm. to do it. You know, I'm just not there. So, if, it, and even when I am here and I say to him, like, you know, for example, today I'm going to go and work on Made by Mummies with Katie, who's our third wheel. And I'm like, do you know what? I can't make it because I'm doing this. And he's like, don't worry, I'm around the corner. I'll do it. So yeah. I think there needs to be so much more of that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm like, we've, 
the friend that I'm talking yeah. about, her husband runs a big business. He is away a lot. He leaves the house at six o'clock in the morning. Okay. He doesn't get home to 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, that's slightly She different. wants to have a career, like, and she does, but she's like, I actually can't do all of it. So like, mm. where is where is it going to give? Like, neither of us can give up our jobs. We're not going to. But where mm. where can we sort of find... Where she works as well, George. Ramp? Yeah, she works as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's what's so difficult because now lots of in lots of cases you do both work. But even yeah. if you don't, the fact that it falls, the default parent is mum and it exactly. all falls to that one person is too much because mm. it is so much. And, and we're trying to to do it we're not just trying to do it maybe like 80s parents did it we're trying to do it like so that we absolutely smash it and the kids are really well schooled and they're doing baby sign and they're doing swimming lessons and they're doing you know we've got so much knowledge about what might be really good for kids but it's almost overwhelming as well as seeing how everyone around you is doing it and going oh I should be doing that and I should also look half decent while I do it and there's just so many pressures on on our generation I think that we haven't worked out how to do it yet we'll be right back after this short break there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? If we empower men more to be yeah. to be equal partners in the home with all of that stuff, will life get easier for us? For me, the answer is yes, and I don't know why we don't do it. It does. I think what yeah, I think what we have to acknowledge is that for lots of men that that we like good men that we are hopefully all with, they will be praised if they do a little bit more than their dads did, right? So if they do the school run, it's like, oh, wow, they did this and they helped me. And the language of they helped me assumes it's your role. It's the woman's role. So if Doug were to empty the dishwasher, oh, he's helped me. So that's banned as a as a, as a saying mm, from our yeah. house. Because that language, which we use all the time, we all use a lot, is assuming that it's your job. But why is it your job if there's two of you in in a partnership and there's the like I say that volume of stuff is so much so I think what a really helpful conversation that Doug and I had was that for him to do more makes his life harder so if we're asking blokes to do more it does make their life harder if you can go out the house at six in the morning and not have to think about whether they've got a packed lunch and have they packed their bag and have we laid out the uniform and the sheer chaos of getting the kids dressed that's easier. Like I'm not saying it's, um, they're not comparable in that you've got, that person might be earning money or whatever, but 
you're making their life harder if they then go, and now I'm going to do two school runs a week. But the longer term aim is for a more harmonious house for a pair of people who feel like they've been heard and listened to, for kids who see that their parents are both caregivers, not just mum is a caregiver and dad's happens to be there sometimes. And I think that's, it's, and it is a really difficult conversation that definitely takes time. And like you said, it could be a year and you've gone, hang on a minute. Like even things like the WhatsApp group, right? Oh God. Are you talking about the school one? The school one. I mean, I've got three, (laughs) three WhatsApp groups. But when my eldest started primary school, I, I was on the WhatsApp group and it never occurred to me as much as I would say that I'm a feminist and all that stuff. It just didn't occur to me that Doug should be on that. Mm. Until three or four years in, I think my youngest, my, sorry, my middle had gone to school and there were blokes on the WhatsApp because one of the kids had two dads, right? And then you start going, oh, oh yeah, of course. and we had this conversation. I was like, why are there no men on this WhatsApp? Like, of course, they're not going to know when spelling day is and when mm. you need to remember a fancy dress costume. It's not really fair on them. Because they're not seeing it, mm. but they should be on there yeah. because otherwise, how are you going to have that equality? And I put something on the group going, why are there no men on here? And one of the mums came back and was like, darling, I don't think they want to be on here. And I was like, I don't want to be on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the last I place I want to be. There was this death and silence. Like, uh, but it cha- it did change. And then people, and then Frank's, my youngest, he's just started reception. And there's there's both parents are on nearly, for nearly all of them, you've got both parents. So that change mm. in those seven years is quite significant. It's amazing. Je- uh, Georgia, I'm going to ask you, is James on the WhatsApp group? No, but Georgia. He, he will be from today. And this is because yesterday I was about an hour away from our house and I had a phone call from the school and they said, oh, hi, um, we've got Axel here in um, reception. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, okay. Like, what's going on? He's got football club tonight. And they said, oh, no, like, the teacher's sick. Did you not get the message? And I was like, no, I didn't. And it's because only, like, I hadn't looked at my phone that afternoon. I was with all my friends. Like, I hadn't looked. James is actually closer to the school. So I just gave him mm. a call. He went and picked him up. And he was like, oh, my God, you need to get me on there. Why am I not on yeah. there? He's like, yeah. you keep telling me you're going to put me on there and you don't. And then that was like a lesson because I thought, well, if both of us are on that in that instance, mm-hmm. then one of us would have picked that up. And it's the same with remembering stuff as well. I keep saying to him like, oh, it's me who books the nativity. It's me. And he's like, but I don't know they're happening. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know they're happening. So if we're both on there, one of us is more likely to remember anyway. Also then they've got the, what's the word? Autonomy to Mm. do it. Like we had Buster's... got his first parents evening at school and you have to do it's an online booking system and because it's secondary school there's like 10 teachers or something I'm like oh god and Doug also gets the emails from the school and he was like right I'll do this are we free that evening right and he's booked it so I can't yeah. moan about it if I have if we, we can't moan about it if you don't hand yeah. it over and I think that's something that is really difficult again because I think that we're often trying to replicate how our parents did it and what we saw. So we feel guilty, that, like the fucking mum guilt. We feel that guilt if we're not doing it and we're not the one that's at the bake sale or whatever. But actually, you kind of have to just ignore that and go, if we're going to actually do this, if I want equality and I want to stop bitching and moaning about it, I have to hand some stuff over mm. and be okay with it. And it won't be done in the same way, but that's okay. 
I would just like to comment now that I do not feel guilty that I'm not at the bake sale. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> Dozza came home. So three massive things have happened in our house around this subject recently. Yesterday, Dozza came home uh, and said that he was going to be helping out on the hot chocolate stool at the Christmas fair. And I went, well, Brilliant. rather fucking you than me because I'm not doing it. <laughs> so he's doing that. Secondly, he was on the on my son's Signet group way before me and I had to go mm. on there and say can someone add me please because Dozza was like oh yeah just chatting to all the other mums on there brilliant but the third one is I've now set a new rule in the, in the house that I do not get up for the kids in the night if they wake up so mm-hmm. if there's a cry or there's a shout I just pretend that I'm asleep roll over and Dozza has to do it all and he's loving it he's like it's the, although he did make a joke about it the other day going oh yeah Zoe's uh so it's like she's got cotton wool in her in her ears now during the night and I'm like but at the beginning it was all me 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 for like three mm-hmm. years now mm-hmm. I'm like actually there's no reason why you can't go and settle them yeah. and he does and it's brilliant yeah. now I don't have to get up yeah uh, no and do, do you know as well like because like, now we're on this subject I think we're we're trying to be so good like you said at the beginning at so many things Mm -hmm. and so like I was talking to James the other day and I was getting I can't remember what I was getting stressed out about but it was something in the house and and we're trying you know trying he's trying to do more around the house but there are certain things he just doesn't care about like I care about and I'm like I don't know he doesn't care if the dishes get left in the sink overnight that doesn't bother him he's like I'll just wake up and put them in the dishwasher in the morning like he's like I don't know why you're so why is that a worry for you yeah. like why do, why are you like I've got to put them away before we go to bed and I'm like because it just makes my life easier in the morning but I'm now learning from him to mm. like let go of those things so like my to-do list has got 100 things on it whereas after talking to him it's now got 50 on it instead brilliant like you know what george that doesn't matter okay yeah i'll take that off you but that bit doesn't matter like you we we don't need to worry about that and Mm. also just stuff like you know having a costume for harry potter day he's like you don't just go just go to sainsbury's the night before and if all that's left is pajamas all that's left is pajamas you don't have to have something amazing and that i am learning that side as well you know like i think Mm -hmm. we we can see everyone's lives through social media through being in contact with people all the time we see every detail of people's lives and so then we compare ourselves or we think that that's normal but it's just not like we mm-hmm. we don't all have to have matching pajamas at Christmas. We don't all have to <laughs> do all of these things. Like we we just don't. And so that like, they just don't, don't. They actually just don't need to be on your mind. They don't need that. Doesn't need to be your mental load. Like there are so many things that we can just forget about. Really, what we're talking about here, ladies, is letting go slightly. We have yeah. to learn mm-hmm. to let go. You know, mm-hmm. actually, this whole we've we've housed the baby. You know, we've we've given birth to the baby. It's you know, it, it's two people to make a baby. It's two. Pe- you know, if you're in a in in a, in a um in a relationship with two people in it um and and and, and that's it, therefore it's got to be a joint thing it's got to be mm. an equal partnership but we've got to learn to let go and they've got to learn to step up we're talking a lot about communication it's definitely mm. both i think the there's um another so in it's it's come from america but there's a method called the fair play method i don't know if you've heard of it so it's this e rodsky is the founder of it and basically it's like her, ultimately you end up with um a hundred tasks that happen in the household and their cards and you divvy them up so mm. but for the first thing that does is actually highlights how much stuff there is yeah. so if your partner's like going oh, I don't know what you're mining about it's only uh it's only dishes in the sink or it's only the it's like all of this stuff adds up and also if I think if you if something's important to you in your in the house like putting your shoes away or whatever it is 
if they continually go, yeah, but it doesn't matter to me, you end up feeling invalidated. Mm -hmm. And so it erodes trust. So there's a, again, there's a, another guy, Matt Frey, who wrote the book, um, My Wife Divorced Me Because I Left My Dishes By The Sink. So it might be a good one, George. <laughs> What's it called? That's one for you. My wife, hang on, my wife divorced <laughs> me because I- Write that down. I think I wrote that. <laughs> you wrote an article of that. The book is called, um, This Is How Your Marriage Ends. But yeah. it's really interesting because it's a man writing it and Doug read it and it was really helpful because it explains why if something's important to me- if he loves me, why not just do it? Some of the some of the stuff, like not everything, but why would you fight against it? And sometimes I think that's what happens. Like someone fights against doing it because, like, but it doesn't matter to me. It's like, but if your partner is saying it does matter to them, and you continue to go, yeah, but and just swipe it away, then over time they just start to feel really let down, and it so becomes true. a bigger thing. It's a tiny thing that becomes a big, thing, massive, a bigger yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. I love I actually love that because I, f I feel like again that goes down to and you could look at the way that you talk to your children as well we've had people on the podcast before that you know they're looking at confidence in children that if you're constantly saying to your child oh don't be silly oh don't worry don't be silly yeah, don't same. worry shoo same. shoo shoo and then suddenly you feel that you're not being heard you're not validated and your your yeah. your worries or your fears aren't being listened to and actually it's the same for humans same for grown-ups exactly the same and then mm. it just adds to that overwhelm and that kind of loneliness that you feel in in your own home where you're just like going I no one's hearing me and and then you're also doing this ridiculous list of stuff which is huge and you guys were talking about gift buying which I thought was brilliant and the fact that you buying gifts for them as well as for your own family, which I do not do. That has been banned in our house. Yeah, good. Um, but you feel responsible. I do still feel responsible as in that Doug's family might be a bit like, well, we didn't get a birthday card or we didn't get a whatever. So you have to kind of, again, it's like letting go and going, but that's not my responsibility because it's yeah. your mum or it's mm. your sister. Of yeah. course, you that should be on you. And that's, yeah. again, it's just all this stuff that we take on. Actually, isn't it isn't fair when you act, when you break it down? Unless you've had a discussion where you've gone, I will do that because you do this other thing. It's not actually fair. No. How do you feel about check-ins in relationships? Like, how do you and Doug communicate in those moments? Like, if something big or something small comes up, can you sit down and and discuss it? Yeah, I think we've got better at it, and I think we've realised, in part from like reading Matt Frey's book and looking at the fair play method like there's loads of stuff to try and un unpick because we've fallen into we did fall into really traditional roles initially but that left me really angry or or him feeling like he's being nagged so I think we do need to have check-ins but I think sometimes just not trying to do it in the moment you know that never let the sun go down an argument I think that's bullshit because mm. if you're in it <laughs> if you're furious and you're trying to have a row it ju you just go round and round in circles. Whereas I think us trying to understand why, like why was I angry when I was at home with small kids or why does Doug feel that I'm being unfair? You kind of can then start to have a conversation that's more reasonable and you will get somewhere with. There's no point in that moment trying to battle it out because you're mm. too angry. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I get that thing of not going to bed on an argument because I always used to have that and then I felt really pressured to solve the argument before we mm. went to sleep and actually neither of us wanted to and we'd just be like, really, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, night, love you, night. <laughs> just like, hmm. Love you, <laughs> love, love you, you. Yeah. love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I feel better, I won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> 
I really rate a check-in. I think it's a really important part of being in a relationship. It's mm. another technique that we've learned in the last six months or so that, you know, pick pick your moment through the week and just really ask the other person how they are, what stuff's come up for them, you know, mm. um, and you can also tell them how grateful you are for them or that actually mm. you're really pissed off with them because of X, Y, and Z, or it's just a really safe space to have that open and honest. We, we do it every Sunday night. We spend 10 minutes just checking in and mm. it's just really lovely because actually you can have spent the whole week just like ships in the night, not really communicating, not really being that in tune with one another, just doing endless lists and getting kids to school. Like it's not. It's logistics, isn't it? You're basically <sighs> moving, moving stuff around and yeah. not, and you're like, well, we've seen each other all week, but we didn't. Not I really. mean, COVID was like that a lot because there wasn't, it was just, especially when there were three kids at home and um, homeschooling and all that oh, stuff. God. And you're like, God, we're spending more time than ever before together but there was no conversation because you're just going right I've got a call now so if you can go into the other room and like handing kids over that was just crackers it's pissing in the corner of the room oh it's yeah. your shift now you'll have to deal with that sorry yeah, I've got to go and podcast <laughs> um, can we talk about um, another really amazing part of the article um, which both George and I loved um, the Journal of Sexual Medicine concluded recently that if new mothers had orgasms from the first month after birth it could help their muscles recover more quickly. And you said, I snorted when I read it. Um, I know it's a gear change from where we, from what we were talking about, but we, 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 this, this postpartum sex thing, obviously on, on the same sort of, you know, ilk as the relationship. Um, how, how did you navigate that? What, what, what is it? What, how is it now? Like, what was it like at the beginning? You know, lots of people listening will be going through that. Yeah, I think, well, and also you don't necessarily talk about it, do you? So when you're with your girlfriends, it depends on, and if you're with, I think one thing that's really hard is when you're a new mum, you might be with lots of women more often who you don't have a history with. Mm -hmm. So they don't know your partner. They don't, it's harder to kind of go, oh my God, this, you know, we haven't had sex for six months or whatever. And whereas when you get together with your older mates, you might be more likely to have those conversations. But I think we we realised that we needed to have time together to start. To, I needed it more, more than him. And like we say, they can turn it on pretty quickly, but I needed to feel connected and I needed to feel heard and all those things. So one thing that we used to do was take a bottle of fizz to bed so like this is when the kids are small that. I'm not saying that I have to be drunk <laughs> <laughs> but it was almost like right the kids at that point when, that was when the kids went to bed early like now it's a bit more tricky but they'd all be in bed by seven or whatever and we just realized that we needed time but if it was in the kitchen there'd be shit to do there'd be stuff to unpack there'd be washing to do so we would go up to our room and have a bottle of fizz and but with the conversation it was all about having a chat inevitably you would have sex but it wasn't that wasn't what we were doing it for it was almost like I just want to have a drink and relax with you and we've got two small children at the time and we can't go anywhere mm. but this gives us a sort of safe space in our room that was away from everything else and that was really helpful like we've that. we've talked about it and Doug has said like when his friends are going oh god I don't know what to do she needs me but I don't know what to do and he's like T have time because that's that's what I really wanted but yeah and like I think you go through phases as well I don't I think I thought relationships were you know we met we fell in love I thought 
it will just get better from here. It's kind of that. And actually, I've learned that we've been married for 14 years and it's it's up and down. And you mm. sometimes you feel really connected and other times you're in the same house, but you're barely talking to each other. And I don't feel weird about that anymore because I've understood that that's how most relationships are. Like, ideally, yeah. you'd get on brilliantly all the time, but it's not realistic, especially if you've got small kids and you're trying to juggle that and, and navigate how. And it changes, doesn't it? So you might get into a setup where this is our routine now and you do this bit and I do that bit, but then the kids change school or they start going to a different club or whatever and you have to keep revisiting it or one of you changes jobs. Like All of that stuff has an impact. And I think, well, like your check-ins idea, like you have to come back together and go, right, so how are we doing this now? And no one really tells you that marriage requires like quite a lot of training and understanding and discussion you kind of, it's all about falling in love and getting married. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like all the sex before kids, I feel like I started again with the new like score sheet. Like it was mm. almost like I'd forgotten how to feel sexy or to connect physically with somebody mm. on that level. I just, I felt so weird during those postpartum months that I didn't even, I didn't know my own body. I didn't know how I was feeling. I didn't have any sensation to then mm -hmm. allow somebody to, you know, pleasure me and to, for me to become alive again sexually. It's taken mm. such a long time. It's mm. taken years and years and years. And I and I only really recently feel like I may be starting to feel like myself again, four years postpartum. Yeah. yeah. And I think as well, like that the article that Zoe mentioned about, you know, if if women were to have an orgasm um from the first month postpartum, that that feels like a a woman who's just had a baby reading that will feel like that's another pressure. <laughs> Won't of course. You? Like, it's another thing on your list. It's literally thing. adding another thing for women to do. Exactly. Tell you what, you can sort out your pelvic floor. You've just got to go and have some orgasms now. Yeah. And it does, the research did say you could have them with a partner or on your own. But either way, it's just not where you're at when you've just had a baby. It's like. And it's just, I think it's oh just another no. thing of making people feel like they should be. So, like, it's mm. that whole thing of like, isn't it like, oh, you know, you'll have a, have a baby and then don't worry, your relationship will still be amazing and you'll still be mm. having sex all the time when the baby's asleep and blah, blah, blah. It's not realistic. Mm. And I think the more people talk about actually what goes on, and if, you know, everyone's different. Some people maybe are having sex every night, six weeks after they've had a baby. Who knows? Maybe Good they are. Them. Great. But I think... It is. It, I think we just have to talk about it. And like yeah. men need to be honest about it as well with their friends and their partners. Because um, mm. I think so so many men can feel like hard done by in that first, you know, first year. And they, you know, need to realise that there is a lot more, there is a lot more to Maybe it. Maybe if they, there was more discussion and they yeah. knew in advance that like, we may not be having quite as much sex for a while, that would help because then yeah. they wouldn't perhaps put not a pressure on but just have an expectation that that's that we're going to be ready for it as soon as you've had I think it's I've got loads of friends who've said after the eight week check their husbands would be like yeah so are we are, are we, we game on is it on like, yeah yeah as yeah. if that was the check was to discover whether your vagina was ready for Sex. Oh like, God, it's so quite... true. God. Yeah. Do you remember what I did, George? Do you remember I've told this story before on the podcast, but I feel like we all need to revisit it when Luna was in that next to me crib. 
and we were having sex and I just reached over during sex because the dummy fell out and just pushed it back <laughs> in and went, shh, 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 and there's And I noticed this moment where I looked at my baby and looked at Dozer and thought, oh, what the fuck no. is this? Yeah. <laughs> this no. is not for me. I don't want no. this. And then we put, put the brakes on for another month because I was like, I'm not ready. Yeah. It's just, it's not a sexy time. There's all sorts going on, but sexy is not the one for that, for that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a place to end the podcast. Um, yeah. Steph, before we say goodbye, just tell us quickly about Steph, um, Don't Buy Me Flowers and how that's yeah. going and the whole kind of business side of it. Yeah, good. So I, when I had my first baby, I received eight bunches of very well-meant, beautiful bouquets and just thought this is a mad gift to give someone who is feeling completely overwhelmed. Something and else to look after. Exhausted. Something else to look after. Yeah. It's a task you're giving me. Um, and so the, the business actually started as Gifts for New Mums. And the, and we do cook vouchers and cashmere socks and gin and tonic. Like there's basically, you, you can create a bespoke package by putting together products but we now do gifts for any occasion and men and kids and teenagers so it's it's really grown and we were very lucky during the pandemic that we completely boomed which was mad um and now it's a challenging time for retail so it's it is difficult but we do do really lovely thoughtful gifts so that's amazing what we do. great great perfect for christmas coming up perfect for Christmas Check which is out. coming up <laughs> um, Steph thank you so much for coming on what a gorgeous chat George one of our faves I was it was so good thank you thank um, you and we'd love to speak to you again soon yeah yes. come back on I will thank you love that chat absolutely loved it couldn't agree with you more I love I love the way she you know, was was able to articulate those feelings around the relationship and how it changed and what happened. And, mm. you know, I knew it was going to be a good one. When I read her article and yes. she was everything that she was putting down about, you know, coming home, you know, her, her husband coming home and she was there, hadn't managed to have a shower or brush her teeth with a greasy bun. And, you know, he was like, mm, let's use this armchair for something else. And you're like, mm. I literally would rather do anything else than have sex with you right now. Anything, anything. I'd rather eat this baby's... Yeah. Do that. <laughs> exactly. Anything. We've all been there. And We've that's the thing there. as well. And it's so hard. Like it's so hard to explain to them and for them to understand that that's how you're feeling, but also that it's nothing to do with them. Um, yeah, I think it, it, I'm, I'm really glad we had that chat, actually. Yeah, really, me really too. glad. Me and too. I, I, if you've been nodding along um, as we've been going, then let us know because it's lovely to get feedback on these sort of episodes because we never really know. Yeah. Um, is it just us? I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. And and I think those conversations are still happening. You know, we, we've been talking about like four or five years postpartum. Mm. You know, we're still having those conversations with our husbands about, you know, it's not just something that's done every other day because you want to get your rocks off. It's like we have to we have to feel it and really lean into it and really want it. And that's what sex should be. It's not mm. just about, I don't know, sometimes I think it's a tick box. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't want it to be like that, thanks. No, definitely not. Because that, that's not really that. No fun. one wants that. No, and also no one wants another thing to add to the list. <laughs> no one wants another thing to add to the list. No, no, no. Um, as always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow. Yeah, and if there are any topics you'd like us to cover or like guests you'd like to hear from like Steph or if you've read an interesting article that someone's written that you think, um, you know, you guys would like to hear, then please do send your suggestions over. Um, we're on at Made by Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.